1: Well, hello and welcome to the Monday episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable. I'm Matthew Fox. I'm not the Matt. You were probably expecting to kick things off. uh, But the other Matt, Matt Brunings, while we were talking about the Chiefs. He's still not over what happened uh, in January, so he's going to sit at least part of this one out. But I am joined by Dennis. How are you doing today?
2: Man... My day started off looked like it was going to be a day from hell. I had to do a five fifteen pickup. I only agreed to do it because it was four minutes from my house. Going to the airport, I get sitting in the driveway. I text this dude at five fifteen, and he texts me back, "Yeah, that's tomorrow." So, I've been I've been up since I got up about four hours earlier than I normally do. Anyways, the rest of the day went fine. It ended up not being a harbinger of doom for my Monday. Uh,
1: that is the most Monday story of all time, though. Getting up but, uh, extra early for a pickup that doesn't happen.
2: And and it wasn't it wasn't our he put the he put the reservation in through the portal in our system and he put the wrong date in. And then when we sent the confirmation 4 days ago, the 25th, 3 days ago, uh, apparently it wasn't reviewed. So anyways, I guess if you want to pay for two trips to the airport,
1: uh, special times. Hey, but at least should be, uh, a holiday weekend coming up. I don't know if you, if you get a four day weekend, I know we're closed, uh, next Monday, July 5th. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I took a few days off afterwards. So just got to make it through a couple more days.
2: Yeah. I I'm scheduled to be off on Monday. Um, uh, It'll be a holiday for me, so no four days. I'm back working five days a week now, so.
1: Ah, uh, the summer. The summer of Jubilee has ended.
2: It has. It has. My wife's like, I let you work five, four days. I've been letting you work. I'm like, no, you didn't let me work four days. I mean, granted, you could afford for me to only work four days because you bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. But I only work four days because, well, that was all the work my boss had for me, and Frankly, I'm happy that I was able to not be one of of the 125 people I had to lay off.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, today we're going to continue our preview series. We are, as I mentioned, swinging over to the first half of the AFC West. Uh, And so that means we're going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. In 2020, they finished 14-2, first place in the division. They lost 31-9 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Key additions this offseason, they got Joe Thune, the guard from the Patriots. Uh, They picked up Jarek McKinnon for the game and a half his knee holds out uh, at running back. And they grabbed safety Will Parks, who was with the Denver Broncos uh, at the end of last season. Key losses. They saw Sammy Watkins, receiver, go to the Baltimore Ravens. They saw Damian Williams, who had opted out last year, uh, and they released go to the Chicago Bears, running back. Uh, Eric Fisher, their left tackle, went to the Colts. And Brashad Breeland, cornerback, went to the Vikings. In the draft, they didn't have a first-round pick because they had spent that trading for Orlando Brown uh, from the Ravens. Uh, But in the second round, they grabbed Nick Bolton, the linebacker, And they also grabbed Creed Humphrey, who uh, was listed as a center, and I've heard could play center or guard. So the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl the past two seasons. Uh, They were in the AFC Championship game in 2018 as well, so three years in a row they've made it to the end of the line in the AFC. Are they the favorites in the AFC again?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, until they're – until they crash and burn, they kind of got to be. I mean, they've got the best quarterback in the game, one of the best head coaches. Their defense is their defense plays well enough to get out. You know, they are not their defense isn't on the field a ton because the offense is so prolific. The biggest thing is can uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Uh, not score in 30 seconds so the defense doesn't get out there and get tired out. You know, uh, who else they got back was uh, 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 Lorraine DuVernay Tardif. So he was their starting guard two years ago. And did you say Kyle Long?
1: Uh, yeah, no, they signed him. He's actually injured again.
2: Again, yeah. So, I, you know, they have, I, I like the, uh, I love the trade, I guess, for Orlando Brown. The question is: Is I know he he fancies himself as a uh, left tackle, but he's uh, terribly unathletic. Um, and you know, not that uh, I guess tackles in general are athletic. Um, it'll be, he played pretty well filling in for Ronnie Stanley, and and I I think he's going to be he's definitely an upgrade over what they had last season. Um, by the time they got to the Super Bowl, anyways. So I mean but Patrick Mahomes is the real wild card.
1: Uh yeah, <laughs> you know Speaking of uh, Matt, he has dropped us some some of his thoughts. He said he also believes they're favorites, but that the Bills, Ravens, and Browns are closer than they've been in the past. And I think I would agree with that. I feel like the AFC is loaded and has a lot of great teams right there at the top. But for me, as long as Andy Reid, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill are kind of there to be the core, I think you'd have to say they start out as the favorites. They're starting to slip into that territory of kind of peak Tom Brady and the Patriots, where where you have them as a favorite almost or right up among the top going into every season. It doesn't mean that they're going to go back to the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl again. Although I have a sneaking suspicion they'll at least make the AFC championship game. But for me, that's kind of where they are until we see evidence that they're no longer in that range.
2: Well, I think part of the challenge they're going to face is what happens with Frank Clark and his gun collection. Um you know he he, he already had uh, a a checkered past, um, and then you know he gets pulled over and he's got an Uzi. Uh, you know now, I I gotta be, I'll be perfectly honest. I have not read anything about the article other than I know that he's got a less than sterling, um, what's I yeah. would say social reputation, um, but I mean he. If it was a licensed gun appropriately stored, then to me it's not an issue. Um,
1: yeah, it's just anytime you see uh, guns and athletes and stuff. Larry Fitzgerald to the Chiefs would make sense. Thanks for the, the comments, Sam. We'll talk about the Chiefs' uh, depth at receiver or lack thereof here in a couple of minutes. But Larry Fitzgerald... He he may not have a ton left, but there's a lot of contenders that I think he could certainly help. He could be definitely a great mentor in the wide receiver room and a great mentor and calming presence for some of the wild personalities uh, that these teams tend to have, if nothing else.
2: Is is Larry Fitzgerald really going to calm down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? You
1: know, Hill's problem has never been on the field.
2: Right, and I I don't think Kelsey has a lot of fun, and he's but they're pretty lively on the field. I
1: mean, they're lively, but you know, I wouldn't. There are things you could say about uh, Tyreek Hill that that are not favorable. I don't think many of them have to do with the way he conducts himself on the field. No, not at all. Maybe Um, has to do with his babysitting skills.
2: You know, for sure. I, I don't. I just. I just feel like. Larry's out of gas and, and while it won't hurt his legacy to go somewhere and be a mentor, I mean, do, do wide receiver camps, do do off season stuff, make your impact there. I mean, Cornell Powell is probably the guy that's going to step up and, and take that, that type of role. Uh, and, and he's much more, at this point in his career, he's much more dynamic than than Larry Fitzgerald.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me in part to imagine, and we will get back to the Chiefs in a minute, it's hard for me in part to imagine Fitzgerald not being with the Cardinals. You know, I was, I was thinking about, you know, you still always think of Jerry Rice as being a 49er. He had some decent years with the Raiders. I forgot he signed with Seattle until they were showing some, clip on a on Peyton's Places about players and their retirements I forgot he played for Denver because he was yep. doing some retirement conference and with Denver in the background I was like oh crap I forgot I mean that's my team so it, you kind of I have mixed feelings I could see him though as first grade as he is he probably the reason for him to sign with anyone other than Arizona would be a shot at a ring which seems to be the one thing that he's never been able to, to really get with Arizona, they had some competitive teams. They were able to get down to the end. I could see him a little bit like, you know, we saw this with LaShawn McCoy. He managed to ride out and pick up two rings, one on the bench with the chiefs one on the bench with the Buccaneers. Sometimes these veterans end up on a, on a team uh, for that reason. I don't know if that's something that would motivate him. I, with the Chiefs, you know, I could see him being on the field too. It's it feels like with the offense they have, any player that gets rumored to go to the Chiefs gets you excited. It doesn't always pan out. We saw last year, I know I was pretty pumped when LeVeon Bell signed, and that didn't really end up producing anything.
2: Yeah, that was that was indeed a disappointment. Um let's see, where am I I'm trying to get my thing to sort here? So Kelsey had 145 targets, uh, Hill had 135, Hardman 62, Robinson 59. Both of them are still there. I mean, yep. do, we, do we really, are, are, is Larry Fitzgerald going to take targets from them? Or is he just going to get Sammy Watkins 55 targets and 35 catches, 37 that's, catches?
1: That's probably all you're looking for right now from Larry anyway. But speaking of targets, let's uh, go to fantasy finishes and fantasy projections. Uh, so last year, Patrick Mahomes finished as QB4. He had 4,740 yards, 38 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, uh, 308 rush yards, and 2 rushing touchdowns. He's been a great starter, usually the top quarterback taken in drafts and redraft and in dynasty. Where is he finished for you in 2021?
2: I have him projected at the top. Um, You know, my thing really comes down to can he maintain the uh, rushing yards that – where would he go? So last year was a career high uh, in rushing yards. He had 272 uh, two years ago. So if he can continue to get those – I mean, at some point I feel like He's gonna if if he's not gonna be a Konami Code quarterback, is he gonna be the outlier, uh, pocket quarterback? And I I think where is that Konami Code cutoff? Is it three hundred yards? Is it four hundred yards? Is it five hundred yards rushing? So I, I, I like you know everybody just like Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. He's creative with second and third decisions. Uh, He handles pressure great. I think he's going to continue to be great. Uh, And Andy Reid is not afraid to let him throw the ball uh, 50, 60 times a game. He's perfectly comfortable with that, uh, in part because he'll also – he doesn't have any issue with 15 of those uh, attempts going to running backs. So in short areas – in that West Coast offense, you know, they use the those short passes like they do handoffs. So if you're if you're getting another ten, uh, ten passes a game, you know, if those are counting as as receiving yards instead of handing them to the running back. You, I, I I think you just about I, I don't want to say not putting Mahomes is hot takey, uh, not putting him at one is hot takey. But he's certainly the default QB1. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Um, You know, our friend Matt says he has Mahomes as his QB1 uh, currently. So do I. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody else finishes his QB1, but I think that's where I'm going to start out. He feels like possibly the safest bet. Uh, For sure. So let's uh let's go on to running backs. Uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a solid rookie year, even if it didn't really match some of the lofty draft capital and expectations. Uh, What are we going to see in year two? Matt said he expects him to be more involved in the passing game, but still sees him as more of a high-end RB2 moving forward. He's just worried about touchdowns. Last year, Edward Soler carried the ball 181 times for 803 yards and got four touchdowns, had 36 receptions for 297 yards and a touchdown. They don't have incredible depth behind him. Darrell Williams probably figures to be the biggest uh, competition for carries. They have Jarek McKinnon, as I mentioned, the smattering of others. What are you expecting in year two, Dennis?
0: Um,
2: I, I've got I feel like he's going to get he's going to top the 200 carry mark. Maybe 220 uh, with 17 games. I could see him getting 225 carries. Uh, he's he's going to split some time. If McKinnon stays healthy for any stretch of time, Andy Reid's gonna give him some veteran playing time. It's uh, for better or worse. Uh, and then Daryl Williams, as as soon as C E H struggles with pass protection, then I think it ends up being a situation where uh, Andy Reid is like, "I know Daryl will pick this block up," and, and and so that could impact it. But Edwards Alaire was. You know, known for being good at that aspect of the game in college. So I think the disappointment about Clyde Edwards Alaire was literally nine out of ten fantasy analysts going, he went to Kansas City, he's the R B one in rookie classes last year.
1: Yeah. Hi, Paul. Hey Paul. Yeah. You know, I still like him. I think he's going to be a big contributor. I just don't think Kansas City is a power running team. They aren't a run first team. And I don't know if he has the exceptional dynamics that we've seen from like a peak LaShawn McCoy or somebody in an Andy Reid offense who's really taken it to that next level. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be solid involved in rushing and receiving. think Williams will take some carries. I think they're still going to be a pass first team. I have him in the RB2 range right now uh, on my first pass. It looked like I put him around running back 16. There are a lot of guys that I think could be in for big years in teams that might commit to more consistently running the ball. It's nothing against his talent. And obviously Kansas city is a good offense. I don't, Think he's quite as dynamic as Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to be good, but not great.
2: Yeah, I also have him at uh, RB sixteen in my first pass, um, and I agree. It, it's it's a situation where if he got two hundred and seventy five carries, he would be a uh, he'd be moving up. Get two hundred seventy five carries. What did he have for targets? Fifty four targets. So if you give him 75 targets and 275 carries, now you're talking. Yeah. But I think at 5'8", 205, I I think they're a little bit hesitant.
1: Well, and you figure he was RB 22 last year. If he creeps up a little bit, being in that 15, 16 range wouldn't be surprising. But, you know, if – barring injuries too, you know, and that was RB 22 with some of the bigger contributors at the position, people like Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, some of those guys not being there Uh, that combined with some of the guys we think might step up. It's just hard for me to, to move them any higher, especially with the passing weapons they have. So speaking of that, uh, when it comes to receivers, Hard to look past Tyreek Hill, who uh, finished as wide receiver one last year. Had 87 receptions, 1,276 yards, and an eye-popping 15 touchdowns. He's an explosive weapon at receiver for the Chiefs. Where do you have him finishing, Dennis? I have Tyreek at – sorry,
2: a little too far. I have him at wide receiver one. I mean, it – it's an offense that funnels a huge portion of the targets to two people, the tight end one and the wide receiver one. Uh, oddly enough, I have Kelsey as tight end one. So they're in, both in line for 150 targets, 160 targets. Um, I think Hardman was second on the team in targets it's last
1: Third. year. Third, Third on the team, yeah.
2: Oh, after Kelsey, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's literally Hill and Kelsey, and then somebody else each week getting you know six targets and fifty yards or something. It it it, and and you just don't know who it's going to be in Kansas City. I think with with you know to uh, go back to Ceh, the thing with I think that can really start to move him up those. He only had five touchdowns last year. So if he can up that touchdown, if he can double that touchdown, uh, that's going to help his fantasy production significantly.
1: Yeah, and uh, our uh, our friend Sam here made a comment to watch out for Jarek McKinnon. If healthy in this offense, he will be deadly. I, You know, we've seen McKinnon flash before. He seems to be bigger as a pass weapon. In my opinion, if he starts uh, taking a big chunk of passing work out of the backfield, that may drop CEH a little further further down. um, It would be even harder for him to get to that upper end of RB2 if you're stripping away passing work because I just don't think that... Kansas City is enough of a run-oriented offense, and they seem to create a lot of big plays, which is probably what limits CEH's opportunities in the red zone. You know, you see Hill with 15 touchdowns. Those mostly weren't like one- and two-yard grabs. Those were some some athletic plays. I also have him... Uh, Hill pretty high. I have him currently sitting at wide receiver two in my first pass of rankings. I think he's probably a pretty safe bet to finish in the top five as long as he doesn't get hurt. Matt said something similar. He said he likely finishes top five. Didn't see him finishing as wide receiver one um, because he doesn't think he'll get the, the volume that some of these other guys that have more potential there will get. So you mentioned Hardman 62 uh, targets was kind of the second highest among receivers outside of Hill and Kelsey. Um, He's back. Demarcus Robinson is back. You mentioned Cornell Powell, Sammy Watkins is gone. Didn't have a huge target share last year. Is there any receiver outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey that you're interested in or willing to start? Matt says he didn't see anyone that he felt comfortable uh, relying on.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think for me it comes down to what league am I in because I've got some leagues that start three or four wide receivers and have two, three, four flexes. I've got some really deep leagues. So, um, yeah, I'm rolling out Nicole Hardman or De- Demarcus Robinson in, in some of those leagues. In your typical three wide receiver, one or two flex league, you, you probably have Hardman or uh, Robinson uh, on your bench to cover a bye week, and, and hope that that's the week that the one you started uh, gets a touchdown.
1: Yeah, so I think for me, it really depends on you know we've been waiting to see. Hardman feels like he was the CEH the prior year where everybody was like, oh, man, he went to the Chiefs. Chiefs need a wide receiver. He's going to be excellent. He probably got overdrafted in rookie draft, and now he's probably swung a little bit the other way to being more of a bargain. I think he could end up being in that wide receiver three range, but some of that's going to depend on – like what you said, if they signed like a Larry Fitzgerald or they elevate a Cornell Powell and he gets like 50 targets and the target share remains roughly the same for the other guys, he's not going to move off of where he was. To really think that he's going to move, I, in my opinion, he needs to get a big chunk of those Sammy Watkins targets from last year and get into the 85 to 90 target range so that he could end up in the, you know, 55 to 70 catch range. Um, I think it's possible. I just don't – it feels like this is the third year of everyone saying Nicole Hardman is going to break out. And even though I think there's potential, I almost am in the I need to see it to believe it. If one of those two, him or Demarcus Robinson, was going to get that big of a target share, I'd lean toward him. But I'm I'm not 100% convinced that either one of them is going to command it. And then you, know, you have wild cards like – I know some people are really high on rookie tight end Noah Gray, thinking he's going to sneak in there. You mentioned Cornell Powell, who's the receiver they took. If you end up getting a backfield uh, guy like Jarek McKinnon, that ends up taking, you know, all that's going to eat out of target share, and it's not going to be from Hill's targets or Kelsey's targets.
2: Yeah, well, they the Chiefs attempted six hundred and thirty passes last season, and so it's it's pretty easy, I think, to project. Kelsey and Hill with half of those. Mm-hmm. So then that leaves what three hundred divided by like 10,
1: 10 yeah. people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean some of them are pretty insignificant, but I mean there if if somebody can be efficient on sixty targets, I mean they could be a a, a deep league winner. Mm-hmm just on efficiency alone. Um, you know, I kind of, I, I was never on the McCole Hardman train. I I didn't buy him coming out. I mean McCall, to me McCole Hardman is just kind of skinny Cordero Patterson.
1: Yeah. Well, one guy we know is going to be a solid target is Travis Kelsey, who is uh, I, I would Yes, we all have him as the top tight end, probably in Dynasty and for 2021. He finished as tight end one last year, 105 receptions, 1,416 yards, 11 touchdowns. He had more prolific season than a lot of teams' number one wide receiver. Is there any way, barring injury, that you see him not finishing as tight end one in 2021? No, I just think that the given the volume of passing that Kansas City
2: does, And then his position in the pecking order when it comes to targets, I I just feel like there's really – and he's earned it. He's went out. He's shown what he can do uh, on a year-after-year basis. Uh, I actually, in my dynasty rankings, I put in to to football diehards. Uh, I have Kelsey as my dynasty tight end, too. Uh, I have Kittle at one. Um, I, I I mean, it's, I was, I've been thinking about this with guys like, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin cook. When it, when is it, when is it too early to get out? Yeah. Are we there with Kelsey? He's going to be 31 or 32 years old. Yeah. Are we, yes, he's in a high volume offense. Yes. He probably has a year or two. Of super high volume production left, maybe even three. Um, if I don't trade him away this year, I'm hoping he's got three. If I do, I'm hoping he has one. Um, but where where is that line? When is that time to say, you know what, I'm putting Kelsey on the block, I'm going to get, uh, you know, I've drafted somebody that's going to be, you know, tight end 10 for my next couple years. Well, I see if I can find another uh, ace in the hole tight end like that, but I'm also going to get a couple first round picks for it uh, to help with my restock. You know, are, are we there with Kelsey? Are are we looking at that it's time to move on in dynasty leagues and uh, reap
1: the rewards? You know, I get that argument and kind of age, but he's shown no real signs of decline. And unlike, you know, we had a guy like Rob Gronkowski who put up some amazing numbers, but also seemed to get some pretty big injuries that the toll of playing the position took on him. We haven't seen that with Kelsey. So I tend to be toward the, I think in this offense, Patrick, with Patrick Mahomes and what they're doing, that he could have, you know, three or four more. Uh, Years of being a top-end tight end. So I'm willing to take that gamble. And especially it feels like at that position, you know, I I love George Kittle too, and I get the the wanting to put him one. But as, uh, you know, Matt and I talked about a little bit on uh, Thursday last week, I just – he's another one. It doesn't seem like he can – stay on the field for full seasons, his injury risk seems to hold me back. I love Darren Waller and what the, what he's been able to do, but I don't know if I a hundred percent trust the Raiders. I love Hawkinson and what he's been able to do. I don't know if I totally trust Detroit's offense. And then beyond that, you have a ton of questions, you know, up to and including, you know, Mark Andrews, is he going to continue to get a 30% target share now that they keep adding receivers Kelsey feels like his target share is pretty well set. We've seen what he can do. he's been incredibly durable I so given what kind of an advantage it is at that position, I'm still comfortable taking him. In fact, I just did a couple of startups uh, this month and in both places I went and grabbed him I was a tight end premium I'm like I'm, I'm doing it I'm going up'm I'm, I'm not afraid uh, you know of him petering out. Maybe the end will come. I mean, it certainly has snapped me with other players. I just wrote a uh, fantasy requiem to uh, my my biggest fantasy crush, Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, where I did not see the end coming, I was rostering him on twenty five teams, and it, that fell out quickly. You know, it could happen. I just I feel like Kelsey feels like a pretty safe and reliable bet for me right now.
2: Yeah, I I don't think I'm ready to move him unless I I feel strongly that I'm. A four, five, six seed. If if, if I'm gonna finish as a, one of the last playoff teams with Kelsey, you know it may be time to start burning it down. Uh, yeah. But I still think, yeah, he, I I'd say he's probably got two or three more years, which is you know a life cycle in uh, dynasty.
1: Well, speaking of somebody that may uh, may be on a one-year track, let's move to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they finished second in the AFC West last year, only eight and eight. Um, they were in the playoff race until almost the end and kind of fell out. Uh, key additions, they picked up Kenyon Drake, the running back from Arizona, John Brown, receiver from Buffalo, Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive end, I believe he came from the Ravens, Solomon Thomas, the defensive end, came from the 49ers, Casey Hayward, a cornerback who they plucked from the Los Angeles Chargers and Nick Martin, the center who came over, I believe, from the Texans. Key losses Nelson Aguilar, receiver, went to New England. Devontae Booker, who was a decent fill in running back last year, went to the Giants. Tyrell Williams, uh, who had been a big signing for them a couple of years prior, went to be uh, possibly the wide receiver one in Detroit. In the draft, they snagged Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama in the first round. Uh, Sports tracks calling him a tackle. I think we had talked about him potentially being a guard. And then Trayvon Morig uh, at safety went in the second. The Raiders have been in the hunt uh, the past two seasons, in fact, have been. Uh, Seemingly right in the heart of the playoff chase around the midseason and faded at the end, ending up being one of the first or second teams out both in 2019 and in 2020. A lot of pressure on Mike Mayock and John Gruden this year, as well as Derek Carr. Can the Raiders make it into the playoffs in 2021? Is there a lot of pressure on them though?
2: I mean, what, they're four years into 10-year contracts?
1: Well, For Gruden, I I don't think Gruden gets moved on, but there has been a ton of talk that if they don't make the playoffs, Mike Mayock's gone, that he'll be the scapegoat.
2: But everybody knows that Mayock isn't drafting anybody. Gruden doesn't say, okay, this is our guy.
1: Yeah. So, I I mean, I I feel like He wouldn't be the first uh, deputy to fall – to take the fall for the Chief. Yeah, I, I get it.
2: Uh, I don't know. You know, the, the Raiders, are, You know, Gruden is trying to establish, for lack of a better term, the new Raider way. He's trying to draw on some of the old uh, aesthetic, speed on the outside, power on the inside. You know, I know Kenyon Drake was brought in, and he's going to be the receiving back. But, I mean, he's not a tiny guy. He's 6'1", 215, 220. Um, Josh Jacobs, I, I, you know, do they not throw the ball to Jacobs because they're managing his touches? I mean, he, he's a competent receiver. Um, I, I think Jacobs is kind of turning into a value uh, in, in leagues because I, I don't think that – he's in danger of losing his starting job to Kenyon Drake. Uh, but I do think that they want to, uh, use two backs. Uh, he's always used, I mean, he, for, he used Latavius Murray and Jalen Richard and, uh, who the heck else? They had somebody else there most of that time, but it's, they're, they're going to use multiple backs. Uh, I think Jacobs leads the way. He's probably a low, mid to low end RB two. Let's see if I can remember where I have him. If I remember, I mean, look. Um, so I've got Jacobs in redraft going. Well, where do I? I didn't miss him.
1: Oh, you have some time to look it up before we finish.
2: <laughs> I have him at 21. So, you know, I, I I feel like he's innocent and Kenyon Drake at 34. So um, I think Jacobs is going to be what he's always been and do what he's always done, and he's going to get 250 carries with 17 games, maybe 265. I think his he's had like two twenty and two sixty five or something, in his his two seasons. So, I, I don't believe they're sour on him by any stretch of the imagination. I think they're comfortable with him as their starting running back. He's a two plus down guy, and then they've got Jacob uh, uh, Drake, who is a, you know probably a one plus down guy. He's definitely going to be their third down guy, and he's probably going to get a hundred. 25 carries of his own uh, for Drake. So uh, I like Jacobs. I think he's, again, I think he's maybe uh, in a situation where uh, he's being a little bit undersold. He had 273 last year.
1: Yeah. So I think for me, uh, You know, I'm a huge Denver Broncos fan. Those of you that follow the show know that. So um, the Raiders are not a team that I have any great love for. But I will say I think that some of the moves they made, uh, recognizing that their defense was a problem last year, they went and got a new defensive coordinator. I think they got Dan Quinn. I'll have to look up. They went and got a new defensive coordinator, and they're trying to – uh you know they've tried to improve in that area they got some better pass rushing pieces Um, I don't think they're – oh, it's Gus Bradley. Sorry, Gus Bradley is who they went and got as their uh, defensive coordinator. I think he's going to be a little bit more attacking. You know, if they can have a little bit better of a defense and they can hold on to some of those leads, I think about games like that game against Miami where it looked like Derek Carr had gone down and won it a couple of times and their defense just got gassed and couldn't hold it. I'd like some of the picks that they've made. Um, John Gruden has brought some good energy. Uh, It was a funky year last year with them moving to Las Vegas and then having no fans. It'll be kind of exciting to see what kind of, uh, you know, what it's going to be like with fans in the building this year. I don't think their offense was the problem. So it was kind of. I was kind of happy for Derek Carr that he didn't get completely scapegoated because, as we'll see, he actually had a pretty decent season. I thought he kept them in games. I thought their offense has done pretty well. If they can get that defense to pick up, they were one of the youngest teams, if I remember, last year too. It was fascinating watching them on hard knocks and you know trying to put uh, everything together. So if they have a little bit of maturity, it's just I don't know how many seasons you can be right in the thick of the playoff race and fall apart down the stretch, and that's essentially what's happened to them two years in a row. I think if it does happen again this year where they're not able to get in there and at the same time, the AFC West is an incredibly tough division and the AFC in general is an incredibly tough place. You're talking about a couple of teams in the South that we think have good chance, a couple of teams in the East that can be frisky, three teams at the top of the AFC North. There's only seven slots, so there's only so much that can go You know, that can get in there. So it's not an easy road, but I think there is some mounting pressure now for them to actually show some results and to have some positive uh, results. So let's move to the fantasy finishes and projections. We'll start at quarterback. Uh, what do we expect from Carr? He's kind of an afterthought in a lot of drafts, but he's been a decent finisher. Uh, he might be a little underrated. Last year, finished his quarterback 13, threw for 4,103 yards, 27 TDs, and nine interceptions, rushed for 140 yards, and three touchdowns. So what do you expect from him, Dennis? Do you think he is uh, getting no respect? Well,
2: I have him at QB 24 and I I feel like he should be higher Um, as I look at his finish last year his numbers I feel like the Raiders wide receivers are going to be better this year Uh, I, I do think Kenyon Drake is a better second running back than what the Raiders have had my question comes to you know Derek Carr or Daniel Jones
1: for 2021
2: car Derek Carr or Ben Roethlisberger car Derek Carr or Ryan Fitzpatrick
1: I have them actually back to back I have Fitzpatrick slightly ahead I I have Carr at QB17 and Fitzpatrick at QB16 I have him kind of middle um QB2 I'll be honest where where the value to me is coming is his ADP is much lower, and he hangs out. He's been one of my favorite guys to grab as a third quarterback in superflex, or as a low-end trade uh, target in superflex leagues, where I'm not high enough to get one of these decent rookies, but I need to do something to patch over my quarterback situation.
2: Yeah, I you know I, I feel like I've probably got him three or four spots too low. Um, I don't know. I, I I like Daniel Jones, but I'm probably maybe my shares of Daniel Jones are clouding my uh, evaluation process. I, I, you know, I struggle with Ben. I don't feel. I, I know Ben's elbow is healthier this year than it was last year, but healthy or not, does he still have it in the tank? I mean, they went out and got the number one running back in the draft. He's yeah. a big bruising ball carrier, and while they're rebuilding their defense, their <laughs> offensive line. What's up, Matt? Man, what's up? While they're rebuilding their offensive line, it, that could portend a little bit of uh, yeah less passing opportunities for Ben.
1: Their line for me is why I I do have Roethlisberger lower in part because of age, but also their line's not in in wonderful shape, and they let him go. So to me, I think – I know Las Vegas doesn't have the greatest offensive line. They kind of had some of the same issues, but Carr has been a pretty reliable, to me, underrated performer. We're at the fantasy finishes looking at Carr, Uh, Matt, if you want to jump in.
3: Uh David Carr, David Carr, sorry. How's Derek Derek Carr. Yeah, that, that guy too. His brother. Yeah. He's he's da- he's David, the one I actually playing the I do football not have I, guess, so. I do not have David
1: Carr in my top thirty two, um, either as players or probably as analysts, but
3: all right, so Derek Carr, Derek Carr, so he finished you said QB thirteen last year is what you've got. Yep. He was QB thirteen. Uh, I don't expect him I think I think if I caught that right, you guys both have him right around 17. Is that what you guys said? Yeah, I had him at
1: 17. I have him at
2: 24.
3: I think I'll probably be closer to you, Matt, than Dennis. I still like Carr. And their offense has been good every single year. It's really been their defense that's kind of screwed them. I mean, Derek Carr has been a decent quarterback overall. I mean, he's not been that. probably what – Raider fans want him to be because I think if he was just a little bit better, he might have led them to at least a playoff berth by now. But I, I think he's probably a middle tier quarterback too. Yeah, I would take Daniel Jones over him. I did hear that part as well. I would take Daniel Jones over. Him. That's just because I have so many shares of Daniel Jones at this point. I've got to will him to to work because it's I need him. I need him, baby. I think that's what's driving you two guys. I do,
1: I do not have Jones over him for twenty twenty one.
3: I probably won't at the end when we get to our quarterback rankings, but I want him to be, (laughs) I need him to be because in some of my super flex leagues, I am all in on Daniel Jones as my QB too. Well,
1: let's transition from quarterback to running back. So we mentioned that they brought in Kenyon Drake last year. He was RB 16 for the Cardinals had 239 carries, 955 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, only 25 receptions, 137 yards, no passing touchdowns. Josh Jacobs was RB8, had 273 carries, 1,065 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. He actually had more receptions and more receiving yards with 33 receptions and 238 yards. A lot of people have talked about Drake coming in to be kind of the pass catching specialist, which I suppose he could be. If you looked at their numbers from last year, it looked like they had similar roles on the teams they were on. What does this mean uh, for Drake and Jacobs in fantasy? We'll start with you, Dennis. Well, I think if you're
2: looking at Drake's performance last year, you got to look at what Cliff Kingsbury did. Cliff Kingsbury basically said – Kenyon Drake, you're going to be my Josh Jacobs. Uh, Chase Edmonds, you're going to be my Kenyon Drake. So that's kind of the role they played. I, I think that Drake may be a little better suited for the role in space. Um, I I like Jacobs to get his 275 for carries. I think that's a a good, solid number. And if he stays the same, I, I don't know. I've, I've got Jacobs down, uh, I think I said RB23. And uh, uh, Drake is a a mid to low RB three. So if they match these, if if, uh, Jacobs matches this number, I I feel like I'm going to be pretty low on it, probably eight or ten spots low. Um, But Drake, I think, is going to have to make up his uh, his his points are going to have to get made up in the passing game. I don't think that he's going to get. 240 carries uh, if, if Jacobs gets 275, even with an extra game.
3: Uh, I'm a little bit higher on Drake. Uh, so Josh Jacobs last year had 273 attempts in the 15 games. You got Devontae Booker, who I'm sure got a lot – or the extra attempts due to him playing in the the one extra game here than Josh Jacobs. But he got 93 carries. Booker's not there anymore, correct? He's gone?
1: Yeah, he went to the Giants.
3: Jalen Star 22 carries. Theo Riddick, 6, who I know is gone as well. Alec Ingold. I think they signed Riddick. Did they? I thought he went somewhere else. Maybe, okay, no, if, no, if he is right, still there. I'm, sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think Kenyon Drake is better than Theo Riddick, even if he is there. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know who Alec Ingold is, who got three. I mean, that's that's over 150 carries altogether. If, if you add in Derek Carr's 39 rushes, Marcus Mariota had nine rushes, Henry Ruggs had nine as well. All that being added together, I think they brought Kenyon Drake in because they want him to be a part of the offense. I don't believe that. He's, I know the, you hear the same crap for all of these receiving running backs. So they're running all these plays out of the slot. I don't think they brought him in to be their slot receiver. I think he's going to be their receiving back. I think he's a better receiving back than what Josh Jacobs is. Josh Jacobs got 49 targets last year for 33 receptions. Booker got uh, 21 17. Jalen Richard, 23 targets, 19. So I think most of those will start going to Kenyon Drake, which is where I agree with Dennis. He's going to make most of his points probably in the receiving game. But even if he gets close to 100-something carries, I think Kenyon Drake is more explosive than Josh Jacobs. He's not the better running back. As much as I have been against Josh Jacobs since he's come into the draft, I, I, he's a better running back than Kenyon Drake. But I do think Drake's got more explosiveness. I think he's going to get enough work. To be an RB2, I think the one thing we've seen from the, what the way they've used Josh Jacobs and the way they've kind of pulled him out at certain points in the game is maybe they don't believe he's going to be their every down back. So I think we're going to see more of Kenyon Drake, not a 50 50 split probably still a 70-30, which I think is probably close to what it's been with Josh Jacobs and how they mix in so many other running backs. Uh, But with Kenyon Drake, he's by far the best other running back they've had in there since Josh Jacobs has been there. So I think he'll be able to produce enough to probably be high-end RB3. Uh, I don't know if he'll get enough to get the RB2 numbers, but I think he'll still be a high-end RB3. Isn't
2: it crazy how David Montgomery was the best running back in that class?
3: Yeah, it's like some people were saying that, and, you know, it didn't – and, you know, never get any – credit. everybody else I'm pretty sure was all over that Josh Jacobs guy.
1: Or Miles Sanders.
3: You know, I did have Miles Sanders above Josh Jacobs too, so I can't –
1: So – uh, they did resign sign Theo Riddick um, okay. for reasons surpassing understanding. You know, Maybe he has some blackmail on John Gruden. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't expect Riddick or uh, Richard to be much of a factor, but I actually think Kenyon Drake could have more of a split. They gave him a pretty decent money deal, um, and I think there have been some people that have commented about Jacob's not incredibly, hasn't always looked incredibly explosive or efficient. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they have more of a split on carries. You know, if he ends up uh, being a much more of a factor um, getting carries, I think he will be a big factor receiving wise. That's why I knocked Jacobs down. I currently have him at RB20 and I have Drake at RB27 on my first pass. I do think that they're going to be relatively close because I don't think the split's going to be as far especially in ppr as we think that's just my gut feeling with the way they they splash out and they signed drake to a pretty decent deal pretty early on in free agency so it seemed like there was some kind of a plan um but i guess we'll have to see where there appears to be no plan for the raiders uh has long been uh, the receiver position Uh, They went and got John Brown this offseason from the Bills. He finished as wide receiver 84 last year, only played nine games, caught 33 passes, 458 yards, and three touchdowns. Henry Ruggs, who was their top pick in the 2020 draft, was the top receiver taking, I believe, too. Ended up with a whopping 26 receptions for 452 yards and two touchdowns in 12 games. Good enough to make him a Sterling wide receiver 94. So we'll start with you, Matt. Are there any uh, wide receivers who finish in wide receiver two or above range uh, for the Raiders in 2021?
3: Brian Edwards, Mullen still, baby. That, that, I mean, I say that it's probably He's an incredible
1: it. value now because people have almost written yeah. him off after not doing a lot of well, last Well, you know,
3: after, after Fantasy Twitter apparently goes wild every time you show a picture of your muscles. I don't know if that's necessarily true. He may have jumped up quite a couple rounds after that picture uh, uh, came out with him and his guns out there. But, uh, you know, I say... I really like Edwards. Obviously, the only thing that's ever held him back in college and last year were the injuries. If he can stay healthy, a lot like Paris Campbell of the Colts, we were having a discussion about that in our uh, our um, Discord channel about Paris Campbell, about how you know he's had fluky injuries and and really kind of the same thing with Edwards. It hasn't been the same injury; it's been different injuries here and there. It's kind of held him back. But I say all that, it's probably going to end up being John Brown, right? Like, it's going to be John Brown who ends up coming over, going off. I guy nobody's talking about I'd love to see Edwards. Uh, I say all that to say I don't think it's going to be Henry Ruggs. I think we've all said it multiple times on this show. We all think he's a good football player. I think he's better for NFL than he is for fantasy. He brings – the Raiders, something else that none of the other guys on that roster can, but I don't think that's necessarily going to produce in fantasy. Uh, but I, I will stick with, with Brian Edwards. I just think his skill set all around is going to be really good for Derek Carr. Having him on the opposite side of the formation, and Darren Waller gives gives Carr two big targets to target um, on the field at all times, and you got John Brown and uh, my Henry Ruggs who can bring speed uh, on the outsides.
2: Well, John Brown is just about as fast as Henry Ruggs. He's a 4 3 guy, so it's not like
1: he's. He he's, actually catches the ball, though.
2: Yeah. Well, but John Brown also weighs 160 pounds. That's always been his bugaboo. Uh, I do believe Ruggs is going to improve this year. Um, by improve, you know, it's like you, you didn't even give a oh, wide receiver 94. Um,
1: well, I, I gave I, it. It wasn't high. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think Ruggs has – Ruggs is going to be one of those guys that until he can find consistency, a la somebody like Tyreek Hill, he's going to be a conundrum. He's going to have you know those 94-yard, two-touchdown, five-catch games, um, and then he's going to disappear. So you have to figure out when, when am I going to – place my bet that the consistency is coming. Is it this year when, when he is cheap? I mean, he was a pretty high draft pick last year. So can you get him for a second round pick this year? Are you willing to pay that? I know I've uh, made a few overtures to try to get Brian Edwards uh, this off season for late second and third round picks uh, and people aren't biting. So there's a lot more than just us who think Brian Edwards has the potential to be the wide receiver one there in, uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Do I, do I see Edwards being, a I you know, I could see 65 catches for, you know, 70 catches for 850, 900 yards. Um, I do think Brown and Ruggs are going to be the field stretchers. It just is going to come down to can Carr get him the ball. Is he going to have enough time? Um, you know, having that kind of speed, so it is is a weapon you just you can't fake. I I like Brian Edwards a lot. I think Rugs Rugs and Brown both finish in the wide receiver four five area. I think. I think they end up, uh, when all is said and done, basically splitting the deep threat role um, to an extent. And then uh, Edward steps in and and takes the wide receiver one role, which puts him as maybe maybe a wide receiver three uh, this year. So.
1: I like Edwards a lot long-term. I think eventually he is going to be the guy. I don't know if I think it's going to be this year. I thought Brown was an underrated signing. It reminds me a little bit of when he went to the Bills a couple of years ago uh, when not a lot was made of him going, and he ended up being a real weapon for Josh Allen in that offense and was actually their their number one uh, for a while. I think he is going to be the top receiver for the Raiders. That being said, high end wide or low end wide receiver three, more likely a wide receiver four is where I think he's gonna be their top receiver is their tight end. Ruggs, to me he's wide receiver six, maybe wide receiver seven. I d I don't think I think he'll come up off of ninety-four, but I don't think he's coming up to forty-four, you know, probably in the sixties somewhere. I think he's like what you said, you're gonna have some boom games, you're gonna have some bust games. They have some other Um, receivers that they'll work in. Hopefully Edwards gets a little bit of a crack. We'll probably see Hunter Renfro not going away. They seem like they are potentially going to use backs more. I think all that's going to eat into volume. And while I think Carr is decent, they sustain one pretty dynamic receiver, which we'll talk about in a second. I don't think that they are a high enough volume pass offense to sustain a bunch of passing weapons. I think they part of the appeal of Kenyon Drake, too, is that they have two guys that can kind of pound it on the ground. Whether their offensive line will allow that or not is is a question. I guess we'll find out.
2: Yeah. Edwards is my second most rostered player. Yeah. Seven, seven, eight shares across 21
1: teams. Yeah, I have him in a bunch of places. I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up. I've just seen some people kind of uh, seem to be writing him off. I, I saw that. Workout picture I guess we'll see But one of the guys we figure will be Pretty heavily involved is tight end Darren Waller last year he was tight end two, 107 receptions 1,196 Yards and 9 touchdowns He has become a beast At the position of the last Few years been the biggest part of the passing Offense for the Raiders Where does he finish in 2021 For you Dennis
2: uh, I have him at tight end 2 right behind Kelsey
1: Right behind Kelsey
2: Yep. I think he's, uh, set up. He, he's the Mark Andrews of that offense. He's the, the leading receiver. Uh, I mean, he had 60 more targets than the second highest targeted player on the Raiders last year. Um, at, he had 145 targets. I don't think that number is going to go down. I think when he feels pressure, uh, Derek Carr knows that, uh, he knows where Darren Waller is at and he gets the ball in his direction and Waller makes something happen with it. Um, it's going to come down to, uh, you know, he had nine touchdowns to Kelsey's 11. Uh, it's going to be close. I think the, the thing that really separates them, I guess, is just sheer passing volume of the team. Um the Raiders had over a hundred pass attempts fewer than Kansas City, and I, I just don't think that you know that can be made up uh, by Darren Waller when it comes to competing against Travis Kelsey
3: yeah I've got him at three right now I still believe in Kittle and what he can do if he stays healthy I don't want to bet against him and, and you know assume he's going to be injured I, I hope that he can stay healthy all year so I've got Kelsey at one Kittle at two hits very close at four. Uh, just because, again, I, mostly back to the willing it with Daniel Jones. I'm willing it with Kyle Pitts. Uh, yeah, don't want to have, have to sing. You have
1: some kind of tattoo or something. Involved. No, I,
3: well, not no, not not quite a tattoo. I have a bet riding on it. Where I have to sing the that team up north fight song and wear a shirt, which I'd really like to not do. So I'm really all in on Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, but yeah, Waller three would not surprise me if he's two. Honestly, I think he's the only other tight end that i think could compete with kelsey as the tight end one just because of the volume he'll likely get in that offense that being said if i do expect brian edwards to step up as much as i i was talking about him doing i think that could end up hurting waller more than anybody else because i don't expect brian edwards to be that burner down the field
1: yeah i also have waller currently at tight end three because i have kittle at two you know those those guys, Kittle, Kittle. It's always a question if he's going to be on the field. So uh, we'll just have to see uh, what shakes out there. But I think Waller's going to be good and going to continue to be good. But that is a wrap on the uh, top half of the AFC West. So Matt and I will be back on Thursday, looking at uh, his his favorite second year player, Justin Herbert, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, the team that consistently takes years off my life, the Denver Broncos and uh, third year wonderkin drew lock. Uh, and we will also hopefully be talking about at least one episode of Loki. Uh, so for those of you who are Marvel fanatics, you can jump in there, but before we wrap up uh, anything, either you guys wants to shout out or plug.
3: I am good. And Dennis, you are
2: muted. There <laughs> we go. Look for dynasty nerds. Uh- the, it looks like the mock draft tool is getting ready to release uh, with Scott Fishbowl settings. And I just want to, to share with people, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw uh, my wife got me my 21-year coin uh, for being sober today. I've been I'm sober, clean and sober 21 years today. And I just want people to know, thank you. If, if you feel like you're struggling, reach out. Reach out to me. There's lots of other people in the community that share uh, their situations and they they are more than happy to to talk. We'll, We'll talk, we'll help point you in the right direction. You know, AA as a program is something that worked for me and it's worked for countless others. And my life has gotten so much better since I got sober. When I first got sober, my sponsor told me, he said, look, Don't wish for things, he goes, because whatever you wish for, you're going to be disappointed because your life is going to turn out so much better. So don't wish for things. And so I just try to keep living, keep moving forward, finding things that I like to do, and then go do them. But if you're struggling, reach out to me, reach out to somebody, go to a meeting. There's meetings everywhere. There's virtual meetings. You don't have to keep suffering by yourself.
1: It's a good word. Well, that'll do it for us. You guys all take it easy.
0: Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump oh, with me. Oh, God leave. Only tackle the four-year. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play?
3: I can <laughs> <laughs>